Powered by volunteer community involvement, this is CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. to Bikini Drive-In on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg. This will be my last week with CKUW, as Bikini Drive-In will continue as a semi-monthly podcast and programming series at Cinematheque. I just want to thank all the listeners and everyone at the station for all your support of the past few years, and it just really means a lot. I'm so excited for new CKUW programming and all the new volunteers. Bikini Drive-In's mission is to analyze horror and science fiction films through an intersectional feminist lens while combining elements of screen and media studies, arts criticism, and gender studies. Since we will be discussing portrayals of horror and violence, listener discretion is advised. Also, spoilers ahead. This week, Mahalikov and I hosted a post-screen discussion of Herc Harvey's 1962 film Carnival of Souls at Cinematheque. Thanks to everyone for coming out, and thanks to Mahalik for joining me. Good luck, Mary. Stop by and see us the next time you're in. Thank you, but I'm never coming back. I don't know about that girl. How do you mean? Day before yesterday, she was the only one of three girls to survive an accident. She thinks she feel a little something. Maybe in her place, I'd do the same thing. Just pick up life again. But I still say she's behaving strange. I have no desire for the close company of other people. My dear, you cannot live in isolation from the human race. Who's the man in the hall? Maybe you heard the boards pop or something. I didn't hear him, Mrs. Thomas. I saw him. There's nobody there. He's been following me. That's all there is to it. That old pavilion out by the lake, somehow you associate it with all this, don't you? There was someone else there. That strange man was there. Hysteria won't solve anything. Now control yourself. You think I imagined all of it, don't you? You think I'm insane? I didn't say that. I don't mean that. That's just what I need. Get mixed up with some girls off a rocker. I don't want to be left alone. Well, if she's got a problem, it'll go right along with her. A small Kansas town survives a drag race accident, then agrees to take a job as a church organist in Salt Lake City. En route, she becomes haunted by a bizarre apparition that compels her towards an abandoned lakeside pavilion. Made by industrial filmmakers on a modest budget, the eerily effective B-movie classic gained a cult following on late-night television and continues to inspire filmmakers today.
everyone. Thanks so much for sticking around. Um, uh, again, I'm Olivia, and I host the horror film podcast, Bikini Drive-In. Um, its mission is to analyze horror films through a feminist lens. Um, we'll also be taking any audience questions at the end, so just if you have any questions, let us know. <laughs> um, I'd like to introduce my, introduce my guest, Mahalit. Uh, Mahalit Kuff is an artist, curator, and community organizer based in Winnipeg. She has curated work for Window Winnipeg, Take Home, BIPOC Arts House, Winnipeg Film Group, and V-Tape. Mahalit is the founder of the action group Justice for Black Lives Winnipeg, where she advocates for abolition and safety of all black people. She has interviewed artists and cultural workers for the Winnipeg Art Gallery, Winnipeg Film Group, Manitoba Music, and Synonym Art Consultation. And in her spare time, she loves watching movies and guessing people's zodiac signs. <laughs> um, so Mahalit, uh, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, um, thanks so much. Um, have you seen this film before? No, not at all. Like, <laughs> when you told me, <laughs> I'll be honest, I have not seen this film at all. So we <laughs> and I realized, going through like my letterbox thing, like mm -hmm. this is like the oldest film I've watched to date. And oh I'm wow. like, I'm a child. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like when I first, I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this or not, who knows? And then I watched it and I was like, I actually like this a lot than I thought that I did. And I enjoyed like, just like the funniness around it. So like watching everyone like laugh and stuff was yeah, really funny. So it was like, really it's interesting. It's not scary. <laughs> No, it definitely, like, relies more on, like, mood and being kind of, like, off kilter and, like, just weird. Yeah. Very weird. It's very, very weird. Yeah. And I was, uh, this is my first time actually seeing it, like, in a theater surrounded by other people. So I was, like, surprised to hear people laughing so much. <laughs> and I guess it's just because it's, like, the performances are just so strange. And the dialogue is, like, weird. I don't know. It's, like, how is this a movie? It's amusing. Um, so... What do you think is really going on in the film? Yeah, when I first watched it, I was just like really confused because she comes out of the water, right? And she's like, maybe she's dead, maybe mm -hmm. she's not. But I feel like as when you find out like when like um, people can't hear her and stuff, mm -hmm. or like the way she talks about like her job is just like a job and not actually like her work as a person. I'm like, yeah. okay, she's dead. She has no soul. <laughs> oh, you guessed it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was like, she has no soul, nothing. Like she's just very like blank, very much yeah. like a very just like out of out of body person. Yeah, interesting. Um, do you see it? So I guess you kind of see it as like, like a psychological, like ghost story. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is also, it's also very dreamlike. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about the, like, I guess the kind of like dreamlike pacing in her, she's almost like catatonic and kind of like detached almost. She's definitely detached. I feel like she's just not in touch with reality and she has to constantly like make herself like she's a mm -hmm. part of reality, but also at the same time, she's so much just like wants to be alone, doesn't, doesn't want to be around anyone, but also so in her head so much, mm -hmm. and so much, like, thinking about this person that's following her around. Yeah. <laughs> but th that doesn't say anything, right? It's like this constant thing that's, like, following her and looking at her and stuff, so I feel like, even though it's, like, this dreamlike situation, she's, it's, like, out of body and dreamlike and fantasy-like, but at the same time, she's just so in her head and not really grounded at all in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. And there are mom moments where she is trying to, like, reach out to the real world, like, hanging out with her disgusting yeah. neighbor. Ugh. <laughs> I made he's notes for myself. Like I was like, disgusting man. He's like <laughs> truly putrid and so horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, th but she is kind of like trying to to make a connection, even if it's like the impossible worst. because yeah. he's like the worst. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it is a story of kind of like I kind of see it as like Mary kind of slowly learning that she's dead. Um, I didn't really consider like the soul part that you mentioned until like this rewatch, and they. Uh, all the characters do kind of mention it so much. Yeah. They talk about her soul, and it's like, so she is kind of in this, like, purgatory. She's, like, in between place. Like, yeah. she's alive but not. 
yeah. she's like living but also she's like constantly just like in fear of something that's like coming after her like mm-hmm. or if like i feel like too like maybe like she's not supposed to be alive so like the dead is like pulling her where mm-hmm. she's supposed to be like she's supposed to be dead but she somehow survived this car crash mm-hmm. where i also feel like too like everyone when they're like racing each other right like she didn't feel comfortable the entire time she's yeah. like i should not be in this car right now yeah yeah you she know? definitely had like a worried look on her face yeah but then maybe that's just also her face maybe that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, we're constantly just like why did i like i don't know what's going on oh i'm so scared of everyone and everything i know i think it works so well um for this film like she she's apparently she's a theater actress oh, yeah, makes before sense. didn't really do a lot of films after mm. um but yeah she's so like so theatrical, anima- anima- so theatrical like but like very in a <laughs> weird way that somehow makes sense um yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about the production. So it was a very low-budget film made in only three weeks. Um, and the idea apparently came to the director, um, Herc Harvey, after he drove by an abandoned pavilion carnival in Utah and imagined kind of this, like, dance with ghosts and ghouls and everything. So they kind of um, started from the end of the film and kind of worked backwards, building the film around the, these final moments and this kind of, like, final mood. Um yeah, it was made with a skeleton crew, and the cast was made up of mostly non-actors, obviously. Which I feel like I could tell, especially the water fountain scene where that man, I know. Like, he's like, oh, I didn't bother you. I'm like, why do you sound like that? I like, know, you everyone know? just sounds like so strange, and like the um, the landlady or, or whatever. Like, oh, like the, like the landlord, like, den, I guess I knew. Den lady? Another, uh, whatever. Airbnb? Yeah. <laughs> Miss Airbnb? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so strange, and it's, it is, I think... Candace Hollycroft or the, the Mary character is really like the only actress like mm. in the film and it yeah it really works especially because she it the story is about her being so isolated and, and feeling very strange and not part of the world I think it works that everyone's just like a little off yeah <laughs> everyone's a little bit strange and not like really in touch with, rea- re- with reality as well so it kind of matches like Mary's energy the entire time in the movie mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the cast was made up of non-actors, as we said, and also crew members mm-hmm. uh, were kind of like background players and the ghouls and everything. Um, and the director appears uncredited as the man, so he's like the main ghoul that's what? like following her around. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think like this kind of like amateur quality of the film really adds to the overall aesthetic and feel of the story. Like there are segments, um, especially at the beginning, or any sort of like outdoor shot where like the overdubbing is just like off yeah <laughs> or even in like her like her footsteps her footsteps just, like, it's, so like, it's just like loud <laughs> like no and like don't like match up <laughs> again it's a dream but also this movie is just like doesn't exist in a real world yeah. at all so i don't know it just like really works it really works but i feel like it also makes sense for the time too like 1962 mm-hmm. it's like i feel like their idea of like horror is very different from the way we see horror mm-hmm. now or like psychological horror where, or even like the way like they edit it right it's just so out of place but also makes so much sense because everyone's just kind of like weird <laughs> i know but it is just like is it intentional like with the editing mm. like there's a shot where she's just like very like in a spooky way it's like oh coffee doesn't yeah. put me to sleep or whatever yeah, she, she says like, and, then, and yeah and then the next <laughs> shot she's like in, like wide awake like, in bed it's like is this funny on purpose yeah. i cannot tell i can't tell though but it works i don't like totally um yeah and like i think that it's, it is kind of like a simple plot but it does feel like you're watching a dream rather than any kind of like character arc yeah um and yeah, kind of relies on mood rather than like a regular like story structure. Um, I was just, yeah, I was just gonna say that like all these kind of like weird fucked up moments kind of like lend to like the bizarreness um, and themes of like kind of unfamiliarity and everything like that. 
Um, I do have a quote here from an essay about Carnival of Souls. Um, so Carnival of Souls is filled with inadvertent rule breaking from unmotivated editing, <laughs> editing to awkward camera placement to the way actors look at things beyond the camera's eye. Uh, this film feels unaccountably wrong, like a piano that's just slightly out of tune, but rather than detracting from the film's effect, the amateurness essentially is the effect. That sense of puzzling offness is ideally suited to a story this eerie, creating a perfect feeling that the rooting of this world is slightly askew. And I feel like this kind of like askewness like really lends itself to the uncanny in the f in the film. So the uncanny is the kind of like a psychological experience of something or strange something as strangely familiar. So where a familiar thing um, or event is encountered in a, in a like unfamiliar, unsettling, eerie, or co taboo context. Um, for example, kind of like strange repetition of a feeling, deja vu, um, encountering a lookalike, um, liminal, liminal spaces or familiar items like a glove or a shoe kind of like out of place. Right. Um, and I think that the plot exists in this liminal space as it's kind of taking place like she's dead but she doesn't know that she's dead or it's like the time of the car crash and then the car being discovered um so it's like in between time um yeah what did you think of the overall kind of creepy mood and yeah of the film the first thing i thought of when you're talking about that, that it's like the transitions mm -hmm. or even like when she's trying to get to the town the guy's like look over there and then like the scene cuts to just him doing this and yeah. just like it's very weird transition but like it works for the movie mm -hmm. but at the same time she just like the overall of her character just constantly being scared or mm -hmm. constantly being afraid of other people or like her not being a relationship with anyone or else and like i think it was also interesting to thing too i thought maybe throughout the film she should have like a female friend or something or like someone to like rely on but she kind of has no one to rely on except for the gross man who ends up just being scared of her and he's like i can't deal with you yeah, you're crazy <laughs> you're <laughs> which is like also too i feel like a lot of like uh <laughs> just like yeah she has no connection with anyone else or mm -hmm. is not able to connect with anyone or just mm -hmm. like um the weirdness of just like every like just like the sounds of the birds when she's like able to like right when she kind of like is able to hear again hear again like yeah. she hears birds which is really interesting to me it's like yeah. why is that the first thing she hears yeah. is it because it's like a like a natural sound it's from nature it's not necessarily like people's voices or something or like the street sounds or whatever yeah yeah i don't know yeah interesting and again to go back to her disgusting neighbor i couldn't tell <laughs> if it was like is this are we supposed to think that this is horrible or is yes. this just 1962 like, like what are the rules i was thinking that too. Yeah. i was like this is a gross man or just like oh he, he so quirky like that's the way he is and it's like i don't yeah. know i'm very uncomfortable yeah <laughs> and yeah and it also like she's just like watched and followed yeah and kind of like creeped after mm -hmm. the entire the entire film and it, it does kind of like is this a commentary on kind of like her position like as a woman in the world or is it uh, then it also works for like this ghost story and these ghouls kind of following her yeah because the ghouls are also like a mixture of men and women right it's mm -hmm. like these people are just like following her around she doesn't necessarily know them or i make i guess i made the assumption as well it's like one of the ghouls and maybe other people that she also died along with like yeah in the that's crash, what i was right? and it's like and what's her relationship to that does she recognize those people or she's generally just scared of anyone that's following her but specifically like that man right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that's cool i don't belong in the world that's what it is Something separates me from other people. Everywhere. They're everywhere. They're not going to let me go. Everywhere I turn, there's something that's blocking my escape. 
trying to prevent me from living. He's trying to take me back somewhere. I can't fight anymore. I, I don't know what real anymore. I came to you, Doctor, because you're my, my last hope. If, if you don't help me, I'll, I'll have to go back there. He's, he's trying to take me back somewhere. Doctor, you've got to tell me what to do. think of the sort of like hints of religion throughout the film because she she works she's a church organist but doesn't isn't necessarily religious religious just sees it as a job what did you kind of take away from that yeah that was like one of the first things i noticed just when she wants to leave like the town that she got into the car accident like they saying well like the, the guy was like saying we'll miss you and like you know like i hope mm. you're able to like bring whatever or organist like I, like um career to the next place and in her mind's like no this is just a job i just play music and that's it mm-hmm. where you would make the assumption that like oh if you're playing in a church where it's like very much religious or christian whatever it's like mm-hmm. you would want to think that person is attached to that mm-hmm. but for her it's complete just like nothingness so i feel like for her like it makes sense that she is like a walking dead person because like she has no attachment to anything has mm-hmm. no actual soul or has no any type of like feelings around religion or mm-hmm. has any sense of like maybe like love for it like there's mm-hmm. no sense of love in her mind like i can't imagine like I didn't like. I was watching the movie. I'm like, I can't imagine Mary saying anything, anything like really nice or meaningful or like mm-hmm. kind. Yeah, she's so like blasé. V- very blasé, but also like her with her like like relationship to li- religion. It doesn't. It just seems very non-existent mm-hmm. and just not there, which is very strange. But maybe it's like intentional that she isn't mm-hmm. a religious person because that would give her something to like hold on to mm-hmm. or have a connection with, where she has no connection with not even like a religion essentially. Yeah. But yeah. Do you feel like it's kind of is it making like a moral statement on? On that? I think so. Especially for that time, too. Maybe it wasn't... Actually, there's a band. I mean, people have been pretty, like, <laughs> anti-religion for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But I think it does maybe say something about, like, you can have a job and not necessarily be attached to it mm-hmm. in, a meaning, in like a meaningful way. Because you just, like, I make money, I do this thing, and that's it. Because she went to college for it. I was like, oh, you can go to college for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. Then she's like, has no... Did, like, she went to college for this thing. She has a degree. And it's just, like, doing what you would do right you get a job and you live it out and that's it mm-hmm. but uh, maybe this it's just saying something about like yeah a job is just a job sometimes and mm-hmm. isn't more than just whatever you're doing mm-hmm. yeah also um the organ music kind of throughout the film is really interesting like i'm not sure like i guess depending on your experience with like being in a church and li- hearing an organ or whatever like mm. it's either good it maybe it's nice or maybe it's just like purely sinister yeah. <laughs> it felt very sinister the entire movie yeah you feel like ooh, i feel so cozy yeah it's like, i feel terrified yeah i am in danger <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just constant, like ri- like ringing of alarms of like, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to talk about Mary a little bit more. So, um, she's kind of part of this like hysterical woman trope where, mm. um, she's treated like she's imagining things by everyone around her. But I do feel like the audience is on her side. Yeah. Like I don't feel like we're supposed to feel like she's like crazy. No, because I think we we get to see what she's seeing, mm-hmm. right? Like, and no one else sees what she's seeing. They just think that she's a erratic woman that's crazy that needs to just like calm down and not like, or she's been through like this really traumatic thing, but mm-hmm. only a certain number of people know that, right? Right. So it's like if you s- if the people that see in the street are like, oh, she must be just crazy, and she's running around and needing help or whatever, right? But it's like, I think the fact that we can see what she's seeing, and they also like know that we're like she went into a car ca- car crash and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like okay, this makes sense, like. She's not just crazy. She actually, <laughs> like, should not be alive right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, 
then there are a lot of instances where she talks about like not feeling part of the world and being not wanting to be alone. Um, what do you think that that is all about? Is that like, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's like her not wanting to be alone, but also like in between of wanting to be alone at the same time. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just like her wanting to search for something and maybe feel like she is actually alive. Because so, so I, f- I feel like maybe towards the end of the film, she realizes that something's different about mm-hmm. her. At first, she's like, oh, maybe it was a coincidence or whatever. But towards the end, you can kind of sense like she like feels something that's weird and wrong. Mm-hmm. So like her wanting to be close to that guy is just mm-hmm. her trying to grasp onto something and mm-hmm. grasp onto something that's real and like, like um, present mm-hmm. because of her just not being able to hear people at certain points, right? Like or people can't see her mm-hmm. or like be around, like yeah, see her basically. So it's like I feel like her wanting to connect to something is her grasping onto like real life or like being mm-hmm. alive essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Poor Mary. But she gets to be dead. <laughs> At the end, I'm like, good for her. <laughs> Which is so bad. I'm like, good for you. Like, just, this is this is what you're meant to be. Like, you're not meant to be alive. Because, like, at the same time, too, it's just, like, yeah. her not experiencing anything. She can't actually experience Yeah, life. she is in this, like, very, like, purgatory, yeah. horrible space. It just, feel, just feels really, like, frustrating for her. Yeah. Because one minute she's, like, living her life, going dress shopping. The next minute, no one can hear her. She can't buy a dress. There's those squiggle stink lines yeah, in the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, this is, like, ooh. Yeah. the time is changing or like yeah. whatever like yeah. which is also I think it was also really funny it just, it just reminds know, me of like so like a smell or like yeah <laughs> yeah <same line. laughs> you know yeah it was so funny um apparently the director um used to make like educational films before oh. this and also top films so it was like very technically um knowledgeable mm. so I, it was interesting to see like those kind of like tricks incorporated into the film so we have um very early on, like she's driving to Utah, and we see like the man's face kind of pop up in yeah, the window. I love that. Yeah, I I was like that's so ahead of his time. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm not sure if it's like rear projection, but it's like his face is being projected onto the window. It's oh. very cool, and also the stink lines, which is yeah. like it's very <laughs> funny and silly. It's very silly, but it makes sense. It's the way she like she's like laying, like driving her clothes, and she looks up, and then like the stink lines like yeah. appear, and I'm like, ooh, something like, bad's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the organ's playing. Yeah, something, the organ's <laughs> something sinister <laughs> is about to happen. Um. Yeah, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about the movie? Um, I feel like that was kind of everything. But overall, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I like the film more than I thought I would. And mm-hmm. I think it's something, like, I could probably rewatch again. Like, watching it again, I'm like, with people is really interesting. Because, yeah. like, everyone, I watched it by myself in my living room. And I was like, hmm, ah, uh, yeah. It's like taking notes. And I'm yep. like, oh, yeah. This is yeah, it's serious. This, this is serious. Yeah. But then, like, being around people, you forget, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, hilarious. Because, like, yeah. there's a person doing woodwork randomly. Why? Why? What's that to do with anything in the film? But yeah. just makes it really different. Mm-hmm. And I, like... I think when I was searching up too, it's like a cult classic, but mm-hmm. like it was as when I first came out, it wasn't actually popular. Like no one really cared mm-hmm. about it until later on now, where people kind of like flock to it, which is super mm-hmm. interesting because I think just like it's a strange film that people like, and you can like learn to like or just like want to keep watching over and over, over again, kind of keep analyzing it as well. And like, mm-hmm. why is Mary like this? Why is the like the the man that's following her around and stuff like why is he not saying anything? Which is mm-hmm. something I thought too. I'm like, why is he not saying anything? Like, there's no like, ooh, just yeah. like silence. I kind of like it though. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like they were able to do a lot with just, like, some crunchy makeup and, like, <laughs> suits and black dresses. I think it, it crunchy works hair. Really <laughs> crunchy hair. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I forget. <laughs> is there anything else you, like, like from the film? What's, like, what your favorite scene from the film? Um, I think, yeah, her in the car is really interesting. And, uh, yeah, her sort of, like, inc- wandering around the carnival. I think it's, like, so run down, but, like, it w- that I think that would be really fun to, like, go and explore. Yeah. Um. I had it, and then now it's gone again. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, apparently the filmmakers, um, they weren't able to, like, renew the rights on the film, so it became public domain. 
um, I think like kind of like a, a little while after it actually came out. So it was available on late night TV and it's available on YouTube as well. So I feel like I think that's why it's so it's such a cult classic. It's because it was so accessible to people or has been so accessible to people. And I just think that's really, really interesting. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's almost nice because I think feel like with certain films that are cult, cult classic, you mm-hmm. have to have like, have to have certain access to them, like Criterion or whatever, yeah. but like watching on YouTube, like, oh, perfect. And it's like, anyone can watch this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that's like such an interesting, like way to, way for people to learn. Like, like it is a very influential film for other filmmakers and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so speak of influential, I sent you that video the other day. Oh my God. Yes. Can you please <laughs> talk about it? <laughs> That's so I think that's why it's okay. Because I was going on Wikipedia, and I was like, you know, there's like in film, there's like cultural references, and I'm like, all I see is like knife talk by Drake, and I was like, no, yeah, <laughs> no, there's no way. So I watched the music video, it has the scenes from this film, Carnival of Souls, like, but it's like dubbed with like the song, but it, that it he's has rapping. like a deep fake. <laughs> yeah. So un- speaking of the uncanny, yeah. like <laughs> horrib- horrifying <laughs> to watch. It's like he's also a Drake is a horror fan. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm. I th- I think he is. He's also a horror girly. You know, he loves his He's films. Such a nerd. <laughs> but I think that's why this film was able to. He was able to incorporate that video because it is public domain. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. Knife Talk features Carnival of Souls. Also, a bunch of other fran- random horror movies, like from like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. It seems like, but yeah, it's funny. Probably other public domain films. Probably. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Does anyone have any questions about the film? We feel like shouting out our best to answer them anyone thoughts? come on oh yeah Comments? thoughts ideas oh yeah um i just thought it'd be really interesting to watch in a theater um i had never seen it um with other people before and i just thought people would would enjoy it because it is very influential um made on a low budget but still has like lasting power i think yeah anyone else okay cool cool great <laughs> do you have anything else to add Mahal? um no it's a great film thanks for asking me to do this oh it's yeah. always fun thank Love you so talking much. about movies and making fun of them but also liking them at the same time yeah <laughs> <laughs> um do you have anything coming up do you want to tell people where you can find your work um Oh, everyone should sign up for uh, the Kalika Love um, workshop masterclass that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like fifteen bucks, I think, for members. I pr- probably check the website, but that's gonna be super great. He's also a filmmaker. He's I think he's shown a film here called Black Mother. Um, yeah, what else? And I'll be facilitating that conversation with him, so that'll cool. be fun on December 9th. And that's p- through the Winnipeg Film Group. Yes, cool. at six p.m. CST time. And then I think that's mostly it for now. Cool. Yeah. Great. Great. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Um, please stay tuned for more like semi-monthly um, talks and horror stuff. Cool. Thank you.
by volunteer community involvement. This is CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg.